how am I going to show up at Paralympic level to the Paralympic Games, something that I've been working so hard for and my team has been working so hard for, but like none of us realistically can be at our top level if we don't have the resources. Will it even matter? That's the question our guests today and many Olympic and Paralympic athletes have been asking themselves. This is the final episode of season two, and we are ending it with a conversation with Josie Askerson. Josie is a member of the U.S. wheelchair basketball team, and this is such an inspiring story, and I'm not going to get too into it because I want to let you hear it as we were chatting, Um, but Josie was paralyzed when she was a kid and found wheelchair basketball kind of by accident, and it changed her life. And now as she's getting ready to go to Tokyo, we chatted about how she trained this past year and why it's so important for the world to be watching the Paralympics. I think the Olympics have always gotten so much more play than the Paralympic Games. And now this year, it's really bringing it all together. We are seeing a lot more promotion around the Games. And yeah, so listen to tune into this episode. It was really fun to chat with her a few weeks ago. And now as we are even closer to the games, you know, get to know her better, get to know her story, and check her out on social media and follow her to Tokyo. So here is my conversation with Josie. Josie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to have you here today. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Where did you grow up in? What was your childhood like? Um, So I'm from Jordan, Minnesota, originally. I live in Tucson, Arizona now, so I've made a big, big leap. But I grew up in a really small town, um, only child. My parents split up when I was younger, but I was super close with both of them. And they both had houses in small towns, so it was just that that vibe all around. And I was able-bodied growing up, but then I was in a car accident with my mom when I was five. And my mom ended up being okay. So happy for that. But I was left with a spinal cord injury from about the chest down. Um, I'm paralyzed. So, so then I couldn't walk and, and I was in a wheelchair and I was this little kid and I was like, all right, um, what do I do now? You know, like all the other kids are playing at recess and I just was kind of naturally more introverted, but it made me more introverted. And I just stuck to kind of, you know, coloring and coloring books or whatever I could do from my wheelchair. And then when I was 12 or 13, I got more integrated into adaptive athletics and kind of just like rehabilitative sports in Minnesota and just trying things out. But I ended up getting recruited for like the prep little kids wheelchair basketball team um, at the local rehab center. And that was really cool. That just like opened my world up. I was I was trying some other sports that were just kind of day camp sports for me, like archery or tennis, but nothing really stuck. You know, it was just for fun. But then wheelchair basketball stuck and I just loved it. And I met so many friends that were like me that were in wheelchairs, but just living in different parts of Minnesota, basically. So awesome. What, after your accident, what was something that really kept you, kept you motivated? Yeah. So, um, I think, just being positive was was such 
was such a concept at a young age because there were so many things that like could get me down really easily um so my parents always tried to make sure like my parents are such positive people so they're definitely motivators for me my family is a huge motivating factor always um always has been but just staying positive like there there would be times in school where I couldn't do what the other kids were doing and it's really easy to like hang your head but then you have someone that reminds you of like of, of the good in the situation like a teacher or a friend or a parent and then over time I think I just learned that like my attitude is what I can control in this situation and so that's what I'm going to control and that's like my motivation. I think that is probably such one a great mindset to have is looking out at everything because oftentimes we want to dwell on the negatives and being positive it really can change everything else so you saw basketball you got recruited for basketball what was it about the sport that you're like yeah I'm gonna do this (laughs) well initially I was super freaked out by it because I watched a game when I was younger And I was like, no, 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 this sport isn't for me. They're banging into each other so hard in their wheelchairs. They're falling onto the floor. And I was, I was a timid little kid because I could get hurt really easily. Like if I fell out of my everyday wheelchair, I broke my legs sometimes because I have like low bone density. So I was like, there's no way I can do this crazy aggressive sport. But then I think what really drew me to it was just being able to compete in a sport with a team like I saw my classmates doing in grade school and because I didn't have like a local team I had I could play for but like this this Minnesota team that we had it was just so fun to have that social aspect and gain confidence like I was learning all the skills of this sport but I was also learning social skills because instead of like hardly saying a word and being so within myself and shy and insecure about my disability like I was in my hometown I was in this place where like people didn't just see my wheelchair they saw me because we were all in wheelchairs and that like really opened me up to just like be vocal and be like hey like I want to be your friend you want to hang out and that was the hugest thing for me I think and I think that also it talks about sports in general and really how sometimes in the outside world you don't feel welcome you don't feel included and then you get on this team and all of a sudden you're like it all just clicks yeah, exactly. These are my people. <laughs> You've been my entire life. Yep. And I think that's, I mean, we're always all looking for our communities and where we feel at home. And that's just so incredible. So let's talk about, did you ever think that basketball would play this huge of a role in your life, especially now after like through college? No, it's, it's kind of crazy to look back on, honestly, because I didn't even, I mean, you kind of can probably get the gist of this based on what I was saying, but like when I was a little kid, I didn't even like primarily identify as an athlete at all. Like I was more just like artsy, coloring, like quiet type. And now I'm like in this position where I'm on the USA team and the head coach of the University of Arizona women's wheelchair basketball team. I'm like, I'm, I don't know, I'm just, like, a much more vocal, like, athlete-centered person, and, like, basketball has opened so many doors, but there are so many times that I'm, like, how did I find myself here? Because there have been times that I've tried to kind of avoid the path of, like, like, I'm so grateful for everything wheelchair basketball has done for me, because through 
playing high school basketball from that prep team onto the varsity level. Then I got recruited to play college ball. And then once I was in college ball, well, I actually started attending USA tryouts when I was 17 in high school. But just college ball pushed me to the level of being able to make a USA team. And then from there, it really opened up because USA basketball wasn't even something I always knew about. Like as a little kid, I was like, there's a USA national wheelchair basketball team. Like I didn't have any idea. But um, but it's just crazy to me because I've drifted through different, different um parts of life in college like I've gone to school for wheelchair basketball and then I made a decision to a school like to transfer to a school that didn't have wheelchair basketball and I missed it so I came back and now all these doors have been opening and now the Paralympics are happening so it just keeps pulling me back and I think it's for a reason like this is it's yeah it's part of you it's what you're supposed to be doing yeah you're like I tried but I can't I can't it keeps calling me back and I think that's a big part of it, lots of things of like, what are we pulled towards versus what are we pushing for? And just that mindset. Yeah. And it's a lot to do with what you said about community too, because I think that's something that like, whenever I drift away from the sport, I miss that sense of community that I have with, with all these amazing athletes. And I just, I do identify like, as much as I resisted it at first, I, I really do identify with that athlete mindset because I think it's a really it's a really empowering thing to be able to push yourself to that limit. And sometimes it's just you alone pushing yourself in the gym to the limit, like mentally, physically, whatever. But then it's also you with this team and you're doing everything for each other. And like, there's something about that that I'm always going to like identify with on a soul level, I think. And that's why I can't get away from it. Yeah. Who are your role models growing up? Oh, my role models. Well, my role models were always, I mean, my parents are just really positive, hardworking people, so loving. So they've always been just a support system completely for me. But I also had, um, or I have a cousin who is like a sister to me because I, I didn't have any siblings. But um, my cousin Elle is like just a couple months older than me. Um, and she, she was there with me not not in the car accident but through that whole process of recovering from the car accident and we grew up together in the same town and so she's kind of been just she was like a a three-sport athlete in high school and she she's just a really grounded person that I think was a really positive force for me while growing up in a wheelchair to have an able-bodied cousin that is like a sister to me but she never saw me differently and we always we always motivated each other to be better because she's such a good person and I like to think I am too and we just even to this day it's it's just like I look up to her so much for what she's done with her life and I think it's never going to change we all need that those support people in our lives like we can all be our own biggest cheerleader, but you know, we also need, we need other people because no matter what, we're all connected and it's never like, obviously on a team, you're never alone. And in life, it's kind of that same thing. You're never really alone. You need those people. So let's yeah. talk about team USA. What was it like when you made the team and you're like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So making the team is overwhelming for sure. But it was definitely the first time I made the team because we have to make the team 
every year. So it's like you're proving yourself year after year. And once you get more comfortable making the team um, after you've already made the team. But when I first made the team in 2017, I had not made the team the previous three or four tryouts. So it was pretty discouraging before that. I was definitely hitting a wall at points where I was like, well, maybe this, maybe this isn't my path, you know, if I've already, like, not made it three or four times. But um, when I first made the team, I was just like, man, this is awesome, and this is incredible, and I can't believe that, like, everything paid off. But still, in my head, that was, that was 2017, so that was the first year of a four-year cycle to the Paralympics. So that team, you could say, was would be like the easiest to make in a four-year cycle so that's like the development year and then the second year you attend the world championships third year you attend the qualifying tournament for the paralympics and so you're kind of building up each year to like a harder tryout or like a more like a tighter cut to the actual top 12 roster and so when i made the 2020 team initially when we thought we were going to the 2020 um tokyo games i that was overwhelming because i i it wasn't like the moment of making the team but it was just thinking about everything that led up to like to that moment every hour i had spent in a basketball gym by myself just like Every time I was hand cycling to make myself faster, every time my dad was coaching me on my shot, like there was just so much that led up to that moment. And I think that's what I thought of. That that was what made it surreal. Yeah. And what was that process like? You said like you kept showing up year after year. And I think that says a lot about you and your character that you're not giving up that this is something you continue to want to do and you continue to show up and then you continue to make the team afterwards and what is your process like and how did you continue to show up and put in those extra hours in the gym as you said well I think I am a very resilient person and like just when you experience any adversity in your life and you just you use it as motivation rather as something that can deter you from your goals, I think, like, you're on the right track then. So I will give myself credit in that way, but I got to give a lot of credit to my support system again on on the whole coming back year after year thing. Because there have been so many times where, like, my parents got me through it, for example, where I was like, man, I didn't make it again. They, they don't like me. They don't want me. It's not ever going to work out. And they're like, no, you're talented. You got to you gotta try this. You got to see this through. And I've had coaches that have like reassured me of my potential throughout the years and teammates that have done the same. And I think that when you have those people around you that believe in you, it really helps you believe in yourself. There have been times that I've been more like isolated from the world and just going through growth growth phases where it really was just me pushing me and if I wanted it I just had to go get it and I was my own measuring stick as far as what my progress was um and I'm really proud of those moments for sure but I know I wouldn't have kept coming back and had the motivation to keep going if I didn't have those reassuring voices around me as well so you make the team last year for 2020 and then the world shuts down and you're like, there's no Paralympic. What kind of was that? Like, obviously you're bummed no matter what you're everyone. I think everyone can say they were disappointed. Like it was like, you've been yeah. working so hard for this and now 
you're you're this in this unsure you're like is it gonna happen is it not gonna happen is it happen next year and kind of what was that like and what were you feeling in that moment so that moment was crazy when well initially I guess the first everyone was shocked right the world was shocked by everything that was going on so we're all in the same boat there but then there was like this waiting game in terms of like is the Paralympics canceled? Is it postponed? If it's canceled, I'm absolutely heartbroken. I don't know what I'm going to do. My life was on track for this four-year cycle. Am I going to want to do the next four-year cycle? Where are we at here? And then it was good news that the games were just postponed. That was, like, incredible news. Like, all right, this is not all been for nothing as far as getting to live out that Paralympic dream. But then you're looking from an act athletic standpoint of when you want to peak and when you were planning to peak you built your whole year of training up to this point of peaking for like august september 2020 you're in prime shape you're gonna get even more in prime shape before you get there and then like around march or whatever you're like all these gyms are shut down gyms are shut down for the summer I'm working out with, like, my five-pound weights at home because that's all I have in my, like, seventh-floor apartment. And so I'm, like, I guess you just hit a point of, like, how am I going to show up at Paralympic level to the Paralympic Games, something that I've been working so hard for and my team has been working so hard for, but, like, none of us realistically can be at our top level if we don't have the resources. And all the resources were taken away beside, besides our support system within each other. Like, we kept in touch. But, like, when every gym is closed and everything you've relied on to, like, to hand bike, to get access to an indoor basketball court, when all that's taken away, you're like, Will it even matter when I get to the Paralympics if I can't even play my best game? That's sort of the mindset, I think. No, and I think that's probably where every, like, and probably all your teaming sets, like, one of the things you're all talking about with each other is, like, you're trying to strive to be the best that you can be, but there's things that, that are out of your control that you just can't. So kind of how did you, I guess, continue to train during that period and you know, because you also, you can't play it unless you're finding a spot outside. And we know you're in Arizona, which you're not doing that outside in the summertime. Yeah. <laughs> and how do you figure that out? So how, yeah, how did you kind of keep training and pushing through that just so that there was that light at the end of the tunnel? Yeah, so it was mostly creativity and really just keeping each other accountable of like, hey, I'm like texting, texting teammates and like, I'm finding a way to do this here. Maybe you can do this there. Like we were on a scavenger hunt. Let me tell you for outdoor basketball courts. I mean, it's so hot in Arizona, but some, some basketball courts are shaded, which makes it a little bit bearable to work out. But then even at that, a lot of, a lot of rims were taken off um like local parks like they were taken down because they didn't want um anyone gathering which I totally understand but that that was just like my friend my teammate Courtney Ryan lives in Tucson with me uh she's on the USA team and 
we were just like on a hunt around Tucson. Like, where is there an outdoor basketball court that we can we can get some shots of at? And we did find a, a couple options, but it's tough with the wheelchairs because like if the ball falls into the rocks, like if you shoot the ball and it goes off into the rocks, then you have to go fish it out and you're kind of like losing time from your workout. But that's shooting. And then I would say like weightlifting, keeping that up was really tough. I ended up doing, I got really into yoga. I ended up doing a lot of yoga and kind of just like body work because like I had my body weight to work with at least even if I didn't have big old dumbbells in the gym. Um, so I got really into yoga that kept me in shape and maintained, maintained like the, the muscle, I guess. But then I also remember I was, I was living in this apartment building near the university and I had like a parking ramp in my building and I would just, cause I didn't have any other way to get conditioning. I would just like push in my ball chair up the seven stories and then go back down and push back up. And so just stuff like that, really. <laughs> That's incredible. Like, but you got resourceful. Like, you're like this yeah. is what I have to work with right now, and I'm going to make it work for me. Yeah, you had to. I remember teammates were texting in our group chat for the USA team. We're texting like, I have these gallon, these gallons of water, so I'm just lifting with those right now because that's all I have. <laughs> the things we do. <laughs> stage we grew a really large pumpkin at one point we only got one pumpkin in our garden last year and so we ended up putting on skills like 45 pounds I was like oh I can use this as a weight (laughs) exactly you get it (laughs) yeah you figure out what you can do so now we as of right now the games are taking place and what has that been like you you know when we were chatting earlier you said you just got back from Colorado Springs and a training camp what was it like to be back at a training camp it's amazing because it was such a a process too between like okay we found out the the games are still happening but us as a team like in the US we're still behind the eight ball with our restrictions here um and just covid numbers we were behind the eight ball in comparison to other teams internationally a lot of our top competitors in the Netherlands or Germany or Canada they got on track faster as far as getting their team back together and getting everyone training just because COVID was still peaking in the U.S. And so it was tougher for us to even get our first training camp scheduled. Like it kept getting canceled. We were scheduled to have our January camp. It got postponed and canceled like two days before we were supposed to head out because someone at the facility tested positive. And so it's just been a game of like catching up, but also making sure we're at our best. And now we're finally at the point where we've had a few training camps under our belt. And it was honestly so impressive to see all these ladies back on the court together after 13 months, not seeing each other, not knowing. I mean, everyone has been living in a different state with different restrictions and with different resources. So you don't know like, Maybe this person has had a tougher time, or maybe this person had an injury, even on top of all of the the craziness of 2020. And everyone showed up ready to play and in surprisingly amazing condition. So it's it's been fun to see like what we can do even through all this adversity. And now we're just at the point where we're 
we're strategizing just as if nothing happened. And obviously in the back of our minds, we're still aware of everything we've gone through as a team, but we're just in that basketball mindset now, which is nice because, because you don't want to constantly be focusing on like the adversity. You want to get to the point where you're focusing on your goals. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, I think that's a great mindset to have to be like, all right, so what do we want to do? So speaking of, what do you guys want to accomplish in Tokyo? Well, we want to get gold. That's, that's a must. I mean, it's, it's a must that we medal. I think we are, I mean, the 2016 women's wheelchair basketball team uh, won gold in Rio. So it's, it's something that we want to defend and keep for ourselves, but it's just important to us that we represent the U.S. very, very positively in a positive light in Tokyo as well. I know that it's, it's obviously an interesting situation with the games being held still, but no international fans being allowed to attend. I mean, there was a news story out not too long ago that Tokyo doesn't even want anyone internationally mm-hmm. to enter the U.S., and that's something that, like, we have to talk about as a team and then be like, like our coach just like addressed it and was, Hey guys, we're still going. Okay. Don't let that deter you just because we're not necessarily, not that Japan isn't welcoming us, but just that there's so much fear around the virus still impacting, impacting society negatively. Um, It's just important for us to focus on what we can do. And what we can do is show up and play our best basketball, whether there are fans that aren't ours, you know, we're hoping for some Japanese fans to be there, at least in the stands. But even if no one's there, I mean, we have to play our best game. And so when we're going into these training camps, we're just focusing on what we have to do to win gold. And that's just following the process that has led us there before. Yeah. And I mean, I was like, we all know fans bring this extra energy to moments like that. And while, you know, sad that they might not be able to be there it's still i think it's just the chance to get to play right and be a part of exactly yeah you have to like we've had previous paralympians on the team um on this current team that have had different experiences where they're telling us stories about just swarms of fans around them and you can't hear anything and the stadium is shaking from the level of energy and it is sad knowing like my this is my first Paralympic experience and who knows, maybe I'll have more, but I'm not sure. So it is sad knowing that like that experience won't be there, but um, this is something that our coach has reminded us a lot of, of that this experience is going to be special in its own way. Even if we don't have that type of energy around us, it's going to be this energy of, knowing what we've overcome and especially just seeing this local representation of sport after all of these restrictions have been put upon athletes and then we all come out to just show our best like that's going to be really invigorating in a different type of way and it's kind of the spirit of the games in general like that's what it was all about originally to say like all right we all still have this as a world yeah, exactly. And, you know, just, you can bring cardboard cutouts of your support school. <laughs> I think we might have to. I want to see, I want to see my parents up there. <laughs> like, I wanted to see you in the stands, even if it's just a 2D version. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Well, the nice part is, though, that the Paralympics have been guaranteed um, to be, like, showed by NBC Sports. Um, and so, like, that is perfect timing for all these fans that won't be able to be there. And hopefully just newcomers to the sport to be able to be flipping through the channels and watching wheelchair basketball when maybe they wouldn't have previously. And I think that brings it to another great point is I think there's always so much hype around the Olympics themselves and then the Paralympics sometimes don't get that. And now this year it's like everything I think is on equal footing for it and that it's everyone's so excited from all that. And everyone, I mean, it's like 100 days out from and I'm just like, all right, where do I need to block out my schedule for what's going on? And I mean, it's on my calendar. Like, and I'm like, I think that's how everyone feels this year. Yeah, it is really, really encouraging to see how much more like of a spotlight the Paralympics is getting alongside the Olympics because that is ground that has been gained through a lot of effort by a lot of people. And I just think that the environment that 2020 created, I feel like 2021, I personally just feel like it's a much more empathic world that we're living in. What is one piece of advice that you wish you could offer your younger self? Just to not doubt myself. I think that's something that everyone struggles with at times is doubting your abilities or just doubting your future. Like, like where I am now, my younger self probably wouldn't have always had faith that just the right doors would open to get me to where I am now because it just seems like in order to get to where where you want to be like you have to put in this crazy amount of work and you might even at that it might not be enough but I think sometimes you do have to put in the work for sure that's that's a given but I think you also have to have faith in that like the universe wants to get you there. It wants to get you to where you want to be. So if you just trust that and not constantly get down on yourself for it not happening fast enough or it not happening the way that you thought it was going to happen, I think that like better doors can open than what you even envisioned for yourself. So that's what I would tell myself. I love that. Where do you find joy? Oh my gosh, just like hanging out with my friends and family and playing music. Like I love listening to music and now I've like gotten into, gotten into like, just like strumming my guitar and singing. And I, I just love exploring. And I think Arizona, like Tucson specifically is just a really fun little hippie town to explore. I love traveling. I mean, I have, I have a little cat that I just, like adopted not too long ago I love her so much and I think just like surrounding myself with love um just really makes me happy and I can like find love in like a mural that I think is so beautiful or I can find it in my friends that give me support or just my parents calling them up anything like that who or what inspires you um who inspires me I think I I find a lot oh I find a lot of inspiration from from my grandpa who has passed um he's he was always like a light in our family and I just have felt really connected to him since he's passed and I think that that's like something 
that I'm meant to feel so connected to him because I feel like I'm also meant to like be a light out in the world. And so like, I find a lot of inspiration from just connecting my purpose, whether it be like very athletic centered or coaching centered, just connecting that purpose to like a higher mission with like spirituality and just like reminding people of the light within them because I think that's something we struggle with sometimes. That's so, you are a light. I will. Thank you. I I love this conversation. And my final question, what does being a Paralympian mean to you? Um, It's really surreal to have USA across your chest because you just know that you're representing so much more than yourself. And that's something that I really align with based on like what we were just talking about. I think sports or just like, I don't know, community-centered anything represents more than just you and all the work that you're putting into something. As a team, it's more than just you, but, like, you can contribute so much to it. So it means more than just, like, my journey, but also, like, all of our collective journeys that have led us there. And that, to me, is really cool because it's it's really fun to, like, live for something that's more than just about you. All right, Josie. It was so great chatting with you. Where can our listeners follow along on your journey to Tokyo? Um, I have an Instagram account where I might be posting some basketball stuff, and that's at Josie Alaska. And there's also um, some like Paralympic and Team USA accounts out there. And other than that, I have a Facebook, but I don't know if that's kind of like. Not not as relevant anymore, but that's just my name, Josie Oslinson. But yeah, and then NBC Sports, definitely tune in to watch the Paralympic Games because I'm really excited that that will be available to everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in this season. We know it was a short one, but we hope you enjoyed season two of Behind the Sweat. If you'd like the show, please give us a five-star rating and review and be sure to tell your friends. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening. And... Have a great summer and please tune into the Olympics and the Paralympic Games this year. These athletes have been working so hard at crushing it and have spent hours and their entire lives training for these moments. So let's all show up, support them, and cheer them on. Even if we can't be with there with them in Tokyo, let's cheer them on and send them all of our energy. Have a good one. Bye.